Good morning. This is Sean Hathaway with Breakaway. Netflix just released earnings yesterday. I waited till today to talk about it because I was so thoroughly upset. They missed their forecast of subscriber ads, which is all anybody cares about in this company. They forecasted two and a half million ads. They, they added 2.2. Doesn't even matter. I think everyone expected four or five. Worst quarter since I don't even know when, 2016 sometime. Now, this is all, I guess, in, in light of the fact that Q1 and Q2, given COVID and lockdowns, were their best quarters ever. But still, I think we expect uh, better growth than that. So come on, Netflix. I'm sitting here staring at their investor letter. One thing Netflix does well is they put out this letter every quarter. A lot of companies just read from a script. It's the ultimate of boringness and unoriginalness that you can possibly imagine, but still 99% of public companies literally have an earnings call and this read from the script. Netflix sends out a letter, you get to read the letter first, and then you can ask questions during the earnings call. I mean, it actually makes sense. Back to earnings though for Netflix. So pretty, pretty lame subscriber ad numbers, stocks down a lot. Uh, I think they were trading around 500. Their high was probably 560 just a couple weeks ago. So, you know, what is that, 10% or something? Not great, <clears throat> but uh, life goes on. So they did got, I mean, the good news, I guess, if, if there's some bright side here, they did guide to 6 million in Q4, which is, you know, 3x, more than th three, or, 3 or 4x what, what Q3 was. So, so that looks good. So I, I want to talk a little bit, though, about what I think is the biggest issue with Netflix right now. Let me back up. By the way, I said back in Q1 that Netflix would be a $500 stock if one of three things happened. They needed to have a Game of Thrones type release <clears throat> of content. They need to either get into China, which they're not currently, or they need to get into sports. And that's, that's probably the most controversial piece of opinion because I'm, I'm, a lot of people think they should not be in sports and need to concentrate on what they're good at. So I still think sport, they could do really, really well in sports. And, and, and I'll bet we see that a couple years from now. That's my bet. But anyhow, they got to 500, though, because of this pandemic. And nobody uh, expected the pandemic and the, and the monstrous growth they saw. So, so that's good. So... So the question is, can they sustain this growth? Well, now, going back to my Game of Thrones thing, I think they need to, we need to get back with the content. I read through this letter, and it's just ridiculous, some of the stuff that I, I feel like I read here. Um, they just talk about, everything is just so so rosy. Oh, Mexican telenovela, Oscuro Deseo, it's our biggest local language original. Great. Um, I mean, they just go on for pages about how this stuff's great. The Umbrella Academy, which, by the way, I watched. And Lucifer is doing great, which is a licensed show from another network, which, by the way, my family also watches. So, oh, and The Social Dilemma did good. By the way, we watched that, too. And they name a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen yet. Um, the Old Guard by Charlize Theron. Okay. Uh, it's on my watch list. Maybe it'll be good. Enola Holmes. We actually started watching that. That's a, like a Sherlock Holmes show in, in London. It was all right. We actually turned it off. Maybe we'll try to go back to it. Look at this. Our content successes highlight... Okay. Well, oh, no. Here. 
We're looking forward to season three of Cobra Kai, premiering exclusively on Netflix. Okay, yeah, Cobra Kai is fine. I watched it. I've talked to a lot of people who watched it. We like it. It's not like some global phenomena, though, right? I mean, and then here's the worst part. Okay, here's the movies. We also have a great slate of films coming up, including Midnight Sky, starring George Clooney. Hey, maybe it'll be great. I don't know. Hillbilly Elegy, Ron Howard directing. All right, uh... Christmas Chronicles. I'm sure we'll watch that as a family. We'll probably gather around the TV and watch it. But here's what's missing. There's no big, like, blockbusters. Where's the Avengers? Where's the Star Wars? Where's the, you know, Wonder Woman? You know, big hits, okay? They've tried to do this before. So first I got really excited with Will Smith and Bright. Really hyped up. Big disappointment. Ryan Reynolds did this Six Underground movie. I mean, I just... Kind of watched it. I, I got to imagine nobody really enjoyed that much. It was kind of shooter-upper, cheesy film. Ugh, just underperformed. And then Ben Affleck in Triple Frontier was basically unwatchable. That's the one where they filmed it in Hawaii. He was recovering alcoholic. Um, not in the movie. I mean, in real life. <laughs> but anyway, the movie was terrible. It's terrible. He just did it for a paycheck. So did the other actors. The one movie I liked so far on Netflix was this extraction with Chris Hemsworth, a.k.a. the guy who plays Thor uh, in The Avengers. Great movie. It's kind of like Jason uh, Bourne-ish a little bit, where he's this mercenary, and it's this action, and shoot him up, and it's actually a good story, and he's, he's, he's rescuing some kid who got kidnapped in somewhere in India. Pretty cool thing. Um, pretty cool movie. Lots of shoot em up. So I like that one. But again, I liked it, but I don't think a lot of other people... Um, you know, my wife probably wouldn't watch it. But uh, so, what's my my point is Netflix needs to, needs a good movie. They need a good blockbuster global hit coming out uh, at least on a quarterly basis. And they still need a great TV show. You know, to the Game of Thrones or Succession on HBO or gosh, what's another one? Billions. Just these. The only thing they've got, in my, I think, is kind of Stranger Things. It's kind of this global global hit. So they did. They did talk about. I think the most exciting thing they talked about was was or mentioned was this movie called Red Notice. So it's got Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot. Uh, she's the girl who plays Wonder Woman, and and Ryan Reynolds again, uh, who's in lots of shows and. Really good-looking dude that everybody likes. Guys love him, and, and girls like to look at him. So hopefully Red Notice will live up to to all the hype um, and not be a la Triple Frontier, Bright, Six Underground, all that stuff. Okay, so that's the content. Not a great quarter. A little disappointed. Um, slow growth everywhere. What else do I have to say? Uh, they are, I guess, on the on the good side of things in terms of of production. The, something that stuck out in my head and the, the letter and the earnings call was that they are they're pretty much full. They didn't say specific percentages, but Ted Sarandos is now their co CEO and in charge of content, so that they're full speed ahead on productions across the world, including in the United States. They plan to finish like 150 productions this year. Uh, by year end, and they will release more originals and more shows in 2021 
than they did in 2020, which absolutely feels amazing. So uh, they also, because of the production slowdown, they they and the increase in in customers and subscribers in Q1 and Q2, their their cash flow needs and their ability or their need to go tap into debt markets appears to be diminishing. So they they have in the quarter, I think their free cash flow was $2 billion. That's a lot. Like they generated $2 billion of cash and they're sitting on $8 billion of cash. So one of the, if I was to say, hey, is there stock? How's, what do you think of their stock? Is this a buy? I'd still say it's a buy. It's a long-term buy. It's, it's a little bit more of a bet now because they need to grow, continue growing subscribers at a nice clip. But one of the theses or narratives around Netflix has always been that they're they're not cash flow positive. They're 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 financing their growth. Well there's a pretty strong argument to be said that they're gonna uh, be able to organically grow uh, over over the over future years at this point. So mm, any other highlights, any other things to mention here? I'm staring at their letter. I don't know, competition <laughs> I mean, I think competition is really, and they kind of say it is just is just their competition for time. You know, they compete against uh, Fortnite and, and YouTube as much as I would say more than this Com- Com- Comcast Peacock you hear about, or HBO Max, or Disney Plus. Talked about Disney Plus. They are so ugh, Disney Plus is a mess. It's a mess because. Anything that's Disney, you'd think you'd be able to find there. You can't. And then they just reorganize for management in ways that just don't make sense. Uh, I talked about that on a previous podcast, so I won't, I won't go into that too in depth. Um, yeah, so overall, I guess Netflix is doing okay. I mean, look, hey, on the bright side, 2020 is going to be their best year ever in terms of subscriber additions and revenue and average revenue per user and all that stuff, but they, they need to get better. I think they got a lot of, lot of room to grow. They're going to end the year with 200 million subscribers. Plus, I, I think they they definitely can grow to 500 million in the next few years. They need to keep adding over 30 million a year, even if it's at a lower uh, revenue per user. That's okay because they need to create an ecosystem where literally every person in the world is watching Netflix. And if they're paying, if some of those people in Africa or some of these poorer countries in Asia are only paying two, three, four dollars a month to be part of this ecosystem, that's okay. Because then it's going to create the social conversation and enable them to continue adding subscribers and raising prices over time. I think that's where we're ultimately going to end up. I think Netflix is at 500 million subscribers. Uh, by, I don't know, 2026, definitely 2030. So uh, hopefully $1,000 stock by 2023, 2024. Maybe I'm being super optimistic. But hey, I've got a lot. By the way, full disclosure, I have a ton of investment um, my personal money in Netflix. So definitely rooting for them. Uh, But I'm definitely going to be critical when I see things that I, I don't like. Like they're like their content slate. Their content slate's big, it's broad. We watched a lot in our house, but it could it could certainly be better. All right. That was Netflix. Get off that train for a second. 
The other thing I just wanted to mention here, because uh, I did mention Disney, is Disneyland. Disneyland in California continues to be closed. Disneyland, or Disney World in Florida, is open. I don't know if it's Disneyland, Disney World, or what the hell it is in Shanghai and Tokyo and Paris, but apparently it's open. It's open everywhere except for California. <laughs> Governor Newsom. This guy, um, this guy is battling essentially with Bob Iger and the Disney team around opening. This isn't just a Disneyland thing. I live in California. I feel like nothing is open. We can't eat indoors. You can't open so many stores. Everything has been so closed. We have been on lockdown more so than any state in the United States. He has locked us down. He has closed businesses. We have a $54 billion budget deficit. I don't know if it's the highest unemployment, but very high unemployment, over 10%. And now he's asking for federal government bailouts, all in the, all in the vein of we're keeping people healthy and protecting. So, so basically, to open Disneyland here, he has said that we have, they have to reach this minimal threshold of, of COVID cases. And I believe it is uh, one in, uh, there can only be one in 100,000 cases. Okay, so per 100,000 residents in the Disneyland area, only one person can actually test positive. For COVID, that just seems uh, virtually impossible. And hopefully, I got that right. If I don't, I'll go amend it in my show notes or something. But the point is, Disney under these current rules, Disneyland's not opening for at least another year. I would say. Now, I think he's going to get significant pushback against this. But I mean, this guy is just tanking the. I mean, Disneyland employees. Disneyland. Disneyland just announced they got. A, lay off 28,000 employees. It, it generates billions, with a B as in, as in billions, of dollars in profit um, and GDP for California. And he's basically not letting them open. It is, it is getting... Uh, we're living in, in an authoritarian nanny state at this point, at least in, in certain counties of California. It's, it's very... Uh, sad. I'm not saying just open up and let everybody get sick. I'm saying open up with precautions, open up with, you know, let everybody wear masks, keep everybody socially distant to the extent, you know, that makes sense. There's ways to, to get back to some, some level of normalcy and get people working again and get the economy back on track because there's so many other things that we need to be considering around the health aspects of this, mental health, uh, suicides, drug overdoses, drug dependencies, so many other metrics that are going already completely haywire, completely in the wrong direction. It, it, we can't just measure uh, COVID-positive cases per 100,000. It's not the way to do it. Anyhow, I'll stop talking about that, but uh, keep watching the Disneyland fight. All right, everyone. Take care. Thanks a lot. Uh, Tesla earnings today. Be talking about that tomorrow. Bye.